Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, I actually am sitting in Sydney, Australia right now, and the next few episodes that I'm going to do, I'm going to do today. So you're going to see me in the exact same shirt, uh, but that doesn't mean that I have poor hygiene. That just means that I'm doing all the recordings uh, on the same day. So forgive me for that, but it's been a, a busy couple weeks here in Australia. I think I've been here uh, 13 days and I've preached 14 times. So it's been busy, but it's been good. And uh, thanks for joining us uh, today for another episode. We're in Revelation chapter number six. Uh, chapter five of the book of Revelation is just such an exciting chapter because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, of the lamb worthy uh, to open the seals of the seven seals on the scroll. And now in chapter number six, we're gonna see uh, a series of openings. We're gonna see as each one of these successive seals is opened upon the scroll, and what does it reveal? What does it reveal to you and me about our future? Because remember, we're in a section of the book of Revelation right now that is dealing with things to come, things to come. Uh, from Revelation chapter 4 uh, till the end of the book, uh, these are all future for John. And ironically, they're still future for you and me as we think about how God is going to insert himself in a more demonstrable way. It's not that God is not involved in your life today. He certainly is. But how does God insert himself in such a demonstrable way in the future on planet Earth? Now remember, you and I will not be here. The events of the chapter uh, here in Revelation chapter six are horrific. And as we go through them over the next couple of days on the podcast, you're gonna see just how horrific they are. But remember, we are not here. Uh, we, we have been raptured. Uh, the Bible says that we are saved from the time of this tribulation. Uh, this is a, a period of, of years called Daniel's 70th week. You can read all about that, obviously, in the book of Daniel, specifically Daniel chapter 9, where God has determined 70 weeks of years upon the nation of Israel. 69 of those weeks have already transpired, and they culminated with uh, the, the slaying of the death of Messiah, Jesus, and now for these 2,000 years, we've been in a time called the time of the Gentiles. Uh, but that does not mean that God does not have a program and a plan for his people, uh, Israel. He does. And that 70th week, that period of seven years, sometimes called Daniel's 70th week, uh, will, will inaugurate and then culminate and we we're seeing part of that right here in Revelation chapter 6, the beginning of Daniel's 70th week, when God again uh, turns his attention on the promises he has made to his people Israel, uh, the way by which the world will be judged. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, just, as I said, a horrific seven years, 
And praise be to God that New Testament believers will have been caught up, will be, have been raptured away from this uh, time of judgment upon the earth. So look, if you would, at Revelation chapter 6 and verse number 1, uh, where the Bible says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, so this would be the very first one, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. So whatever is about to be revealed in Revelation chapter 6 is awe-inspiring. And it's announced by one of the four living creatures, one of the beasts that we talked about. Remember back around the throne room of God in Revelation chapter 4? And it's announced in like the sound of thunder. Uh, this is attention-getting. This is awe-inspiring. Come and see. So now John is given the opportunity to see the future. He's given the opportunity to see what's going to happen on earth at this time. Remember, this is the very scroll that nobody could read. This is the very scroll that, remember, John wept because there was nobody found worthy to open the scroll. But now the Lamb has come. Jesus has come. The worthy one is there, and he is now revealing to us uh, the judgment of God upon this earth. Look at verse number two. So come and see, verse number one, verse number two, and I saw. So John now sees what the uh, one of the four beasts has, has summoned him to see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, he that sat on him had a bow, a bow was a long-range weapon, and a crown was given unto him. So a crown is a symbol of honor, uh, but mo more especially a symbol of authority in the Bible. So a bow, so there's power, weaponry. A crown, there's authority and recognition. Then the Bible says in verse number two, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. So he's on the warpath, we would say today. So a man on a white horse with power, with authority, with a crown, conquering, you would say, oh, well, obviously I know who this is. This is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, I can understand why somebody might initially think that just reading this verse, but this is not the Lord Jesus. Now, it is the Lord Jesus who's opening the seal, it is the Lord Jesus who is revealing this to us, but this is not the Lord Jesus on the white horse. You say, well, Kurt, I, I thought that Jesus was going to come on a white horse, and that's true. He, Jesus will return to this earth on a white horse. We're gonna talk about that in our study of the book of Revelation. Matter of fact, you and I will join him in that return to this earth. Uh, at the second coming of Christ. We'll talk all about that, but this is not the Lord. Why? Because what we find with this man on the white horse is that the timing is wrong. This is not the end of the tribulation. This is the beginning of the seven-year period of time. This is not someone coming to bring peace. Jesus comes to bring peace. This is one that's coming to bring war, and we're gonna see the desolation that follows in this very chapter. Uh, no, this is not the Lord Jesus. This is the anti-Lord Jesus, the anti-Christ. And that should not surprise you 
Because the Bible says, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Why should we be surprised then, uh, Paul told the Corinthian church, when his ministers appear to be something uh, great, but they're really something much more sinister. So the devil is the great copycat, is he not? He loves to assume the authority that does not belong to him. He loves to wear the crown that does not rightfully belong to him. He loves to wield the power that he feels like he has. So what do we find? In Revelation chapter six and verse two, we find none other than an, an earthly king, perhaps the Antichrist himself. Now others have identified with him with uh, the king of the north. Read about him in Ezekiel chapter, I think it's 38, uh, Daniel chapter eight for sure. Uh, but these will be human leaders during Daniel's 70th week that will hold rule and sway. Power. That's what the devil has always wanted. Power. Remember that great passage in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, that really speak to the motivation of Lucifer when he fell from heaven? I will be like the Most High. I will sit also on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will, I will. There are five I wills in Isaiah 14. And the devil has always uh, exercise his self-will. He's always, always been about him. It's always been. So we shouldn't be surprised when those that are his minions, like this man on the horse, are also behaving in such a way. Look at verse number three. And when he had opened, I'm sorry, verse number two, and I saw and behold a white horse, he that sat on him had a bow, a crown was given unto him. He went forth conquering and to conquer. Remember that the character of the evil one and those that follow him is to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's always been the motivation of the devil. Uh, the devil doesn't have any warm and fuzzy feelings toward mankind. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the devil knows his end and he knows that his time is short. And the devil can't do anything to impugn the character of God. Uh, the devil can't do anything to harm God. God is in, impenetrable in that sense. But the way by which the devil fights God is by uh, trying to chink away at the reputation of God, uh, by trying to, to affect the people of God or the creation of God, doing everything he can and that's what's happening here. He's going forth to conquer, to destroy. Uh, he's always been that way. Jesus said that in his public ministry. The Bible makes it clear here again. And what's true in Revelation chapter six and what's true in the earthly ministry of Jesus is true in your life as well. The devil would do nothing but uh, try to upend your life, which is why it's important for us to yield to the Spirit of God day by day. This is a practical takeaway. That's why it's important for us as believers to make sure that we are operating in the fullness of God's spirit. That's why uh, we need to be committing scripture to memory and not just in an academic way, but applying its truths to our lives and resisting the devil. Uh, he will flee from us and hiding the word of God in our heart. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It's one of the reasons why this tribulation period will be so heinous. 
on planet Earth because the Bible says that we as believers will have been lifted away. And the Holy Spirit of God has an operative influence on earth today in and through the lives of believers. So when believers are taken out of the way, I think that's the reference there in 2 Thessalonians, when uh, he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Uh, there's a restraining influence, uh, the restraining righteous influence that the Holy Spirit wields on planet Earth in and through the lives of believers who are the salt and light. But when we have been taken out of the way and this world is just left to the leaders of darkness, what a dark place it will be. So as these seals are unveiled, as they're, as they're revealed here in Revelation chapter 6, what we're going to see is death and sorrow and pain and destruction. It's all of what is inevitable when God allows Satan and, and those that follow him to have the kind of influence and control that they have always wanted. So let's uh, stay tuned. We're going to go through each one of these seals. We'll cover six of them. Always remember Revelation chapter six, six seals. That's a good way to remember it. And then we'll talk about that seventh seal uh, in the coming chapters. So have a great day today. Thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you have a, a productive uh, day serving the Lord and we'll see you again tomorrow. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.